We might not have a president yet, but we do have some winners in this election. Lil Wayne was dumped thanks to Trump, and Alton Brown, like the rest of us, is eating his feelings. The date, November 4th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, how'd you sleep? Did you get any? (laughs) You know what? I did get sleep because I think I just like, it is one of these things of, I had to put my mental health, like I had to take care of it at some point. And you know, I think we all have this thing where it's like, hey guys, it probably won't be decided tonight. And we were all like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. And then it's like, no, that's really the case. So at some point I was like, okay, I'm going to bed and I'm going to wake up because we need energy for the rest of this week. How about you? What? How much sleep did you get? I got like three hours, I think. Oh my God. My favorite part about this, though, is that you and I both are in LA this election cycle. So I was really kind of eating up the fact that I was on such a later time zone than everyone else because I was looking at our colleagues who were still slacking at like one in the morning our time. Mm-hmm, and I was like, mm-hmm. you guys, you have to go to bed. It's four in the morning. <laughs> Nothing is happening in New York. So they, I think a few of them did get sleep and we're going to talk to some of them today. But, you know, uh, we all I think we all barely got through the night. <laughs> Yep. At least we're all in it together. (laughs) Yes, we are all here together, sleep deprived. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's time for today's top stories. What's going on, Zach? All right. So we didn't have a winner on election night, but that didn't stop Donald Trump from falsely stating he won at around 2.30 a.m. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity for the good of this nation. This is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. To be clear, as of this recording, he has not won, and there are plenty of absentees and mail-in ballots that need to be counted. The states that are currently in play include Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and they could take days to count all of those outstanding ballots. But if you're a fan of predicting the future, Bernie Sanders went full Nostradamus earlier this year, telling Jimmy Fallon that something like this would happen. Trump is winning in Michigan. He's winning in Pennsylvania. He's winning in Wisconsin. And he gets on the television. He says, thank you, Americans, for reelecting me. It's all over. Have a good day. But then the next day and the day following, all of those mail-in ballots start getting counted. And it turns out that Biden has won those states, at which point Trump says, see, I told you the whole thing was fraudulent. I told you those mail-in ballots were crooked. And I got, you know, we're not going to leave office. So that is a worry that I and and a lot of people have. Meanwhile, we do have actual winners in this election. This included a huge slate of LGBTQ+, Black, and POC candidates. Here's a quick recap of some of the big wins. Yeah, last night's election marked a number of notable wins and firsts on both sides of the political aisle. So first, you've got Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones, both from New York, who will become the first openly gay black members of Congress when they join the House in January. They will join nine other openly LGBTQ members of Congress. Jones calling the accomplishment a lot of responsibility. Then you've got Sarah McBride, who made history back in 2016 as the first openly transgender person to speak at a major 
Party convention. She made history again as she was elected to the Delaware State Legislature, becoming the highest ranking trans lawmaker in the country. McBride celebrated last night, saying in a statement that she is humbled by the support that she's received, and she hopes her win, quote, shows an LGBTQ kid that our democracy is big enough for them too. But there were so many others we can't overlook. Cori Bush won Missouri's first district and became the state's first black woman elected to Congress. She beat a 10-term incumbent in her primary ticket on yesterday's ballot. And in Tennessee, Tori Harris and Eddie Manis' wins make them the first openly LGBTQ officials ever elected in the state's legislature. So small but important victories. And finally, there were plenty of ballot initiatives that were passed Tuesday, but the biggest winner? Recreational drug use. Weed, turns out, it's popular. So in the ballot in the Garden State, a constitutional amendment legalizing marijuana. Top lawmakers and cannabis industry leaders went into the election confident that this would pass. And David, it did. Let's take a look here with a 59% reporting you see passing by 67% of the vote. New Jersey isn't alone. Three other states passed recreational marijuana use and two more passed it for medical purposes. D.C., they decriminalize psychedelics like magic mushrooms. They're the first East Coast city to approve a measure like this. In Oregon, they decriminalized all drugs thanks to overwhelming support for Measure 110. It's the first state to do it, and the hope is this lays the groundwork for people with addictions to receive treatment as opposed to jail time. Okay, number one, I want to say a big congrats to just all of the diverse people that were elected. Um, and that truly is going to move us forward. And I do think that we need to look at these as bright spots because they are bright spots, even though we don't know who our president is. Um, 100%. With that said, I do want to talk about it. And I am sure you're feeling this too. We were told that it was going to be a tight race. And I don't know if this is my hopefulness or it was me being naive, but I think a lot of people were very depressed, hurt, and let down by the numbers last night, seeing how close the race is and showing that white supremacy and racism just isn't a big enough problem for many Republicans. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people this all the time that, you know, I grew up in Tennessee and something I've always found frustrating moving to the north or the west is that people like to act like these things are over, that we've done the work and they're they're finished. And I'd rather live in a world where we know our demons and we know where they live and how to deal with them and how to work with them. And I think what we should take away from all this is that the work has to continue if you are interested in dismantling the patriarchy, white supremacy, homophobia, all these things. There's still much work for you to do and show up to do. And the fact is you did wake up today. And that's great. And you have the power to make that change as we're seeing with these people, LGBTQ people, POCs, everyone winning their races in places that said that these people shouldn't exist, let alone hold office. So hold on to that. We will get through it. Um, and the only way to deal with something is, is acknowledging it. And you guys, white supremacy is sadly still here. Mm. I know. Mm, it is. Look around. <laughs> <laughs> well, Casey, what's happening in the pop culture and entertainment world? Well, if there is one thing that can bring you a small amount of joy today, maybe it's this. Lil Wayne endorsed President Trump and then reportedly got dumped by his smoking hot girlfriend because of it. Last week, Wayne took to Twitter praising the president's platinum plan to benefit black Americans, saying it was, quote, going to give the community real ownership. He also posted a photo of himself shaking hands with Trump. Just to give you an idea of how this went over online, 50 Cent, who had his own presidential endorsement drama, tweeted at Wayne, oh no, Wayne, I would have never took this picture. 
Apparently, Wayne's girlfriend, plus-size model Denise Badeau, agreed. According to gossip columnist B. Love, the endorsement was the final straw for her. She confirmed the breakup on Instagram, leaving the cryptic message, love is not enough, before deactivating her account. Damn. Like, damn. <laughs> I have been wondering how people's relationships are doing, especially in pandemic and the elections. Like, I have talked to a few friends, and they're like, okay, my partner is, you know not into Trump or not into Biden, whatever, but their parents are kind of the opposite political belief. And I was like, this has to trickle down and somehow. And um, I think this little Wayne breakup is an example of how politics and love, you know, cannot persevere through it all. It is. And, and I think that's not because this isn't a normal situation. Trump is not a quote unquote normal Republican. He has changed the landscape. He's changed. He's brought a lot of hate. And people are having to look at these relationships. It's not just like, oh, I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican. It's like, oh, I support this and you support some god awful things. And if it's like, if that's the case, then yeah, some friendships, family relationships got to be got to be torn down a little. Yeah, you got to set your own boundaries for yourself and advocate for yourself. So, you know, good for Denise. Uh, If this is what she needed to find happiness and love, I support you, girl. Do what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, moving on, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, last night was probably not a joyful evening for anyone. In fact, I think the only person we can definitively say had a good time is CNN analyst John King. The veteran journalist went mega viral. It was a mixture of rage over his delight when something unexpected happened and praise mostly for his geographic knowledge and his prowess at using what's basically a giant iPad. He got some subtly sick burns in about the president, too. We've always known if Joe Biden could rebuild the blue wall, forgive me, Donald Trump would pay for it. Uh, The question is, can he make it happen? Twitter was also focused on King's seemingly boundless stamina. Comedian Roy Wood Jr. tweeted, Dap boy John King been on his feet since 7 p.m. No chair, no Gatorade, no arch support. (laughs) CNN cold-blooded. Get that man a stool or one of those rolling office chairs. (laughs) I mean, he was literally everywhere all over the internet with a lot of this commentary. And I have to give the man his props where props are due. I used to host the show MTDM, which we stood. People don't realize that. We would stand live for a live stream every day for an hour. No chairs. The producers would never give them to us. I still resent them. And I was exhausted. (laughs) I was tired. And this man is up here for hours and hours going through this. Like, good for you. Good for you, King. No, seriously. You have the power. (laughs) I I do have to say, though, I was watching CNN at the start and then I switched to MSNBC because um, I was getting a little tired of John King saying how fun all this was. I was like, that sounds like a a white man's talking. Oh, yep. I was like, this isn't fun. Fun for who, John? (laughs) Fun for who? Um, Yeah, I was on MSNBC mostly, so I did not partake in uh, this as much as everyone else did. But yeah, you know, John, John, you you had some thoughts there. (laughs) All right. So when we come back, we've got Ryan Brooks here to discuss everything going down when it comes to Trump versus Biden. Stay right there. Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from Chief It. 
Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're uncovering why society makes it so hard for women to treat their time with the value it deserves. So take this time out with us. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, there's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. The election, it turns out, is far from over. With mail-in ballots still trickling in across the country, we might not know who our next president is until the end of the week, maybe even later if things escalate to the courts. To sort through this, we're joined by BuzzFeed News' Ryan Brooks. Good afternoon, Ryan. Hey, how are you? We're doing okay over here. <laughs> uh, but more more importantly, how are you doing? How much sleep have you gotten today? Um, I mean, I went to bed around three and then like woke up and did some like doom scrolling and like checked electoral map, like count vote, like throughout the night on CNN. So <laughs> I would say probably about like two and a half hours or so. Okay. That's something. That's like one rim cycle, maybe. Yeah, one, possibly. One we'll see. <laughs> Okay, now that we know you're relatively okay, what what in the actual heck is going on today? Please assist us. This is all so genuinely confusing. Yeah, I mean, like, it's confusing for a lot of people. Like, this is an unprecedented election. I mean, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I know that we're hearing the word unprecedented a lot. But, like, this is probably the first time that a majority of the country is, like, voting by mail, which is, like, why we're seeing the results, like, come in so slow and, like, why we're all, like pretty tired because like we're not getting that much sleep as like these results start to roll in. Um, I mean, poll workers have been working overnight to like get those results in too. So it's going to be pretty wild for the next couple of days. I would say you're going to see like results come in. You're going to see campaigns start to challenge those results as like the margins like look very thin in some places. Uh, so there's just going to be like an avalanche of news coming at you for the next week or so. Yeah. Oh, and we love an avalanche of news. All right. So, Ryan, it seems like there is a sense of collective shock today around the country. But also, if we're being honest with ourselves, maybe we all knew this was what was going to happen at the end of it all. So is this something you saw coming on your end? If you look back at like the things that like politics reporters have been talking about for like the past like month or so, the signs were out there that this was going to take a while and that we would see this like sort of like surge of like 
uh, incoming votes for like President Trump um, at the beginning because like his voters are more likely to show up at the polls. Um, and that has to do with the poll politics around uh, this pandemic and things like that. And Democrats had encouraged their voters to turn out via vote by mail um, just to sort of protect them in the middle of all of this that's happening across the country. There's this thing called the Red Mirage, which people have been warned about from the past few weeks or so, um, which is where you're going to see that surge of like red voters that are coming in on election night, which is what we saw last night, where people on Twitter were just sort of like doom scrolling um, and talking about the results there. When people woke up this morning, like if they tuned into the news, like a lot of people did, you'd probably see that a few of those states uh, that were trending towards Donald Trump are now trending towards Biden. That's going to happen a little bit like throughout all of this because you're going to have those mail-in ballots getting counted now. Um, so you're going to see things turn from one candidate to the next. And I'm glad you bring that point up because, you know, at the end of the day, I think people are really shocked that there seems to be a tightness in this race that people didn't see coming. Uh, so what do you think that says about America today politically? I think it says like a lot about the country, but like it's also just like how entrenched we are. Um, and that's happened over the past four years. I mean, Trump has drastically changed the face of the Republican Party and those voters are behind him. The candidates are behind him. And I don't think leading into this, like there weren't that many undecided voters to begin with. So the results aren't that surprising. I think a lot of like what we're seeing uh, right now, which is surprising for some people, is just sort of some of the swing states that they thought uh, would turn back towards Democrats. So people thought Florida would be a place to watch, and that ended up going towards Trump um, after the first vote started coming in. And there are other states that are like that too. But like I said, this the country has become entrenched on their both political sides, like around like all kinds of issues, like even wearing a mask. So like I don't think like if you really looked at like the state of the country over the past few months, you would be that surprised about where things have sort of like turned out. President Trump has pledged to stop counting ballots, but Pennsylvania, for instance, isn't going to be done counting theirs until Friday. How would a court battle in this case play out? It's not up to the president to decide when ballots are done being counted. The ballots are done being counted when they're done being counted. And that's up to like the states to determine like when those are going to play out. Candidates have the option to uh, sort of like challenge certain areas of the vote, like once they're certified by the states. And so we'll see if that plays out. He's also talked a lot about challenging this election in the Supreme Court. One of our reporters, Zoe, uh, who does a lot of reporting around the court on her Twitter feed has said that that's not likely unless the court send it to the Supreme Court. So those fights are going to play out over the next couple of weeks. So we'll just see how those go. But the ballots aren't done when Trump say they're done. And he can't just send the election to the Supreme Court just because he wants to. There are still some semblance of institutions left in this country after the past four years. <laughs> oh, I love that word semblance here. Um, all right, Ryan. So before we let you go, we have to know, looking at the map right now, who needs what to win the presidency? There are still a few options for both of them to get to 270. That narrowed a lot for Biden um, with a few of those swing states that we talked about earlier, but there's still uh, states in play that he can get to to get there. Uh, there's still states in play that Trump could get to to get there. Um, this is all going to come down to those ballots that are being counted now. And like I said, like those ballots that are coming in, 
uh, tend to be from the mail-in ballots that were sent in before the election. And those typically trend towards Democrats. So we'll see how those go in like urban centers in these cities that they're playing in. Okay. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today on such an exciting day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We have time for one more thing. And that is that we want you to know that whatever you need to do to get through this, it's okay. And we support you. And you know what? No one embodied this sentiment better last night than Food Network's Alton Brown, who went on an epic Twitter rant. He started out by tweeting, so many Food Network people are like, oh, I'm going to braise short ribs and elderberry jam. Screw that. I'm going to mainline moon pies and snort cheese powder. And then what followed was a very long series of tweets about all the things Alton wanted to consume. But here are some of our absolute favorites. I'm talking about piping SpaghettiOs into stale Twinkies and eating them naked in the shower with a bottle of Jaeger. I have 17 cans of Duncan Hines frosting and I'm not afraid to use them. Back the hell off. I want you to go out right now and buy Fritos and cat food. And finally, turn off the lights and run 23 Slim Jims through the juicer. Mm, a meat smoothie. I love that. I love so much, that. So much I re- protein. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Well, I really love this. You know, we all went through our own emotional roller coaster last night. Some of us are still on it today, and some of us will be on it tomorrow, and that is totally fine. And eating your feelings is totally good. It's healthy. Talk to your therapist about it. I love it. So Casey, what have you been munching on in the past, you know, 24 hours? Oh, well, this morning I had a fried chicken sandwich sack. Thank you for asking. <laughs> oh, I love that. As a Southern gal, I always support fried chicken as a breakfast. I was like, I want a breakfast sandwich and I had no ingredients to make it. And then I realized that I had ordered a fried chicken sandwich the other day that I hadn't finished. So I was like, this is it. This is my absolute we treasure. support as long as it's not Chick-fil-A, it which is, is anti-gay. Not, we do not support them. We support. We support. <laughs> you know how I told you I was going to grill last night? Yes. Well, that happened. And for my sides with the steak was mashed potato and then potatoes au gratin because who <laughs> needs a vegetable oh, when there's an election happening? One time my mom told me that I couldn't have two forms of potatoes in one meal. And I still take offense to that. And I don't believe it. And I'm proud of you. <laughs> It's a vegetable. And and I served it in a variety of ways. So it works. It works. And then after that, I mainlined. Do you know those like sugar cookies you get at the grocery store that have the icing on top of it? I know exactly. I literally ate a package of that. You know, really, (laughs) I'm really thriving. I'm like, I'm just sugar and coffee at this moment. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) I I felt really bougie last night. I got just like a regular like cookie dough mix like from the store. But then I was like, I'm adding a dash of vanilla in there. Look at me, New York Times chocolate chip cookie recipe. (laughs) Okay, Alton Brown. (laughs) I am Alton Brown. (laughs) I love that. Well, I will need to try some of these cookies. So feel free to drop them in the mail because I hear it's working again. (laughs) Oh, great. All right. Well, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow as we forge through this absolute hellscape. (laughs) And always remember that potatoes are a vegetable. Be sure to subscribe to Music Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of Music Clock.
Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And break us off with some bread because we waiting on reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635-635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. 